What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby, and these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life, it chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington. And I'm Barry Horn. Simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Yes, and welcome into another edition of the Ballsy Podcast brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. I'm Sean Bass of Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM. The Ticket in studio. With Kevin Sherrington, and on our phone right now is our compadre, Barry Horn. We're going to do something today we don't typically do here on the Ballsy Podcast. Yeah, we'll talk a little Rangers later today. We might talk some Big 12 as we record this on a Tuesday. By the way, happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Hopefully it was a good and safe one for you. But uh, we're going to talk about boxing, which is a sport we don't typically pay just a ton of attention to here on the DFW landscape. But we do have a world champion in our midst as Errol Spence Jr. uh, picked up the crown this weekend. And Barry... What a fight we saw this past weekend on Showtime. The reason we don't talk boxing, uh, good morning, Sean and Kevin, the reason we don't talk boxing is because boxing has always been an afterthought here in DFW. But now we have a young, exciting, uh, 27-year-old, 147-pound welterweight champion in Earl Spence. And, and I think he is something that, that we can build upon. Uh, in, in a city that loves front runners. He is going to be a name in the headlines for quite a while. And hashtag man down, because that's the uh, that's the hashtag stamp that even Dez Bryant was throwing out during his fight this past weekend. Well, yeah, Dez, I guess, lives down in, in the DeSoto area right near Earl. Earl lives in the shadow of DeSoto High School. He went to high school with uh, Von Miller and uh, several guys who went to Texas A&M uh, to play football. He was a football player. He was, you know, 147 pounds. There's not much of a future playing football. Maybe he, he could he could balloon up to 160 or 165. There's still not much of a future. He decided to go to boxing. And I think it's been 20 years since we had a world champion here. And, and he is a deserving and a very, very, very excellent fighter. Now, I want to put this in uh, scope for, for listeners. Uh, I believe that Sports Illustrated says that he could be the heir to Floyd Mayweather Jr. in boxing. He could be the heir in technical boxing skills. I don't think he could be the heir in promotional uh, circus-like skills. He's not that kind of guy. He's a quiet homebody. I love the fact that he lives in a house on Raspberry Lane and Vanilla <laughs> on, the, on the intersection of those two. It's a quiet street. He is not Floyd Mayweather in terms of selling the sport. He might be as technically proficient, not really as technically proficient, but he could be, he could be close to technically, technically proficient, but he, he is not a carnival barker. He's, he's not part of the circus. So one day in the future he's not going to be battling a UFC fighter for a big payday at the end of his career? He's not that I don't, type? I don't think so, and he's not the type before the fight. If you watch the fight, if you the build up to the fight – he, he, he and Kell Brook were gentlemen to each other. There was no screaming, shouting, 
after the fight, he thanked Kell Brook for the opportunity to fight him. There, there, there is no circus atmosphere. And if, and if you can stand boxing without a circus atmosphere, he's your guy. He's very good. He's a left-handed fighter, which causes all kinds of difficulties in the ring for most opponents. He is trained uh, by a, another local. It's a really nice story because what happens in boxing, and it, it happens time and time again, is that fighters, they're brought up by a trainer, and then they go to a big-time trainer, and they get lost in a stable, and, and, and everything changes. He, he's been trained by Derek James, uh, a local who is a professional fighter from the area, for since four years, since uh, 2008, I believe. He, he, he took him to the Olympics. Uh, that didn't go as, as well as they had hoped. It was in London. Ironically, it was in England where he lost. Uh, but it's a, different, it's a whole different game. And, but he stayed with Derek. Derek now has another world champion in, in Jamel Charles. And um, this, this has the opportunity to be a nice hometown story. Now, are we seeing a resurgence in, in boxing? Is, it, uh, is, is my understanding it because of the Showtime stable and what they're trying to do uh, and match fighters in really good fights like this was, uh, uh, the Cal Brook, uh, Earl Spence fight, are we going to see more of that? Is, does this mean that boxing's on the upswing? Well, no, because he, he, well, let's look at this fight. It was it was for a, a world welterweight title, the IBF title, which is as good as any. Um, the fight they fought it in England. The fight was on at four o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday afternoon. That is not the way to build to build a boxing card. You know, er, Errol fought um, back at the end of the Olympics. On NBC, uh, against in a really bad fight against the guy he just destroyed, but that fight drew five million viewers. That's a lot. Um, it was just on regular uh, TV. It was it was the most watched fight in fifteen or twenty years. So when when you're on Showtime or you're on HBO, it sounds but it's not a way to build a sport. It's paid cable. It's it's a limited audience. And um, they're better off trying to build a sport on uh, on the network. On you're a, you're on right. The network. You're right. But I think the time slot actually worked out in favor of this fight and for the sport this past weekend because we're in a time where you know because of the way things broke down in the NBA, we're not quite to the finals yet. You weren't going up against say a Stanley Cup game, and the only thing you're contending with on a Saturday afternoon is you know Major League Baseball in late May. This was probably uh, I guess a stroke of good fortune for the sport and this fight in what, particular. What, what, well, it was a good day, but it, was, it wasn't a good time slot on that day. You know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, that's 5 o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast, that's uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on the West Coast. That's not how to build a, a, a sport. You want to you be on in prime time. You want to be on maybe 10 o'clock East Coast, 9 o'clock uh, Central, 7 o'clock West Coast, uh, if you want to build up a fighter. That's the problem with having a big fight in Europe. If it goes prime time in Europe, which it did, it's going to be on in the afternoon here, and that's death. Right now, what Earl said after the fight was he wanted to unify uh, the belts uh, and own all of them. That means he'd have to fight uh, Keith Thurman, uh, who owns two, and Manny Pacquiao owns another. Um, what are the what are the prospects of him being able to do that? Um, the prospects, are, you know, Thurman's hurt. He was in a car accident. He has a bad neck. He has a bad shoulder. Who knows how long that'll take to heal, to come back. 
Um, you know, it's not so much the titles anymore. It's it's the name brand. You know, Canelo. I can name Canelo Alvarez. What titles does does he hold? You don't know. Uh, <laughs> is that a he, shot at me or is that a shot at Canelo? No, it's a, that's a <laughs> shot at the at, at the boxing world. Oh, okay. It, the, the brand now is the fighter. It is not. It is, it is not the belt he owns. It's it's the fighter. Will people pay to see Canelo Alvarez? Yes, they will. Will people pay to see Kennedy uh, Golovkin, GGG? Yes, they will. I don't know if, if we're at the point where people will be ready to pay to see Errol Spence. He's certainly worthy of it, but he, he's really nondescript outside the ring. And in boxing, that's, that's, that's a major, major thing. Um, you know, he comes along at a great time for, for here, people here in Dallas as, you know, the Rangers of, you know, the six-inning Rangers, we can call them. Wow. Cowboys. T- tell me about the Cowboys. I don't know where the Cowboys are going, the Mavericks. Um, somebody should write about this for the morning news. You know, it's funny you should say that. I've got a column about uh, Mr. Spence that's going to run sometime this week. We're not sure exactly when. We'll wait and see if it gets uh, bumped by, by something else. Uh, but at any rate, well, that's know, a possibility. Well, but, but, you, but you know the problem with Dallas, Dallas is the city of Dallas, we haven't produced any uh, champions in, since, really, since Curtis Cox uh, was a champion. He, he was a fighter. He was a battler. But we're talking back in the 60s. About 20 years ago, there was a fighter named Quincy Taylor, who Don King, for some reason, insisted upon calling Quincy Adams. Maybe it's John Quincy Adams. That's all, I'm thinking you know, that's what he, he's a presidential scholar. Come yeah. on. Give the guy some credit. He, he won. Quin, Quincy Taylor won the title. And it, it, the uh, middleweight title, which is a big title, but it was on the undercard of, of Mike Tyson's circus. It was Mike Tyson's fight, return fight, when he came back from the rape from jail and the rape conviction. Uh, and he, he, he came back and he fought against a guy named Peter McNeely, whose corner threw in the towel in the, middle of the ra- in the middle of the first round. It was just a disaster. Well, anyway, somewhere down low on that undercard, there was a uh, Quincy Taylor fight against, um, I believe it was Julian Jackson. Quincy was the underdog. He went in there. Nobody paid attention to it. He was supposed to lose. Julian Jackson got hurt. Quincy won the fight. And all of a sudden, Dallas had a middleweight champion, a slice of the middleweight championship. And you know what he did in the very next fight? He lost. He came back on the undercard, another Mike Tyson undercard. This is when Don King had a million champions, and he couldn't get them headline fights, so he put him on the undercard of Mike Tyson fights. So in, in essence, Mike Tyson was subsidizing all of Don King's uh, other fighters, and, and he went out and he lost on the uh, Mike Tyson-Frank Bruno undercard, I don't know if you remember that, to a fighter named Keith Holmes. So that he, basically, Quincy Taylor was a one-and-done. So tell us why Curtis Cox was and remains the one great fighter in Dallas history. He was a warrior. He fought. He fought everybody who came on. He, he, was, he was a boxer. He was a fighter. He, he, he could do anything you wanted. It, it, it's amazing. Back, in, back when Curtis was getting started, he fought. He fought once every other month, once every three months. He'd fight at the Sportatorium. He'd fight at uh, Memorial Auditorium, which I believe is now part of the K. Bailey Hutchinson uh, Convention Center. He'd be here. He was part of the community. He was part of the landscape of the community. People cared about him. He fought here in Dallas, um, and, he, and he was a terrific fighter. Um, 
you know, he'd win, he'd lose. But you see, we live in an era now where if a guy goes out and he's 20-0 and and he goes out and he loses that 21st fight, people lose interest in him. And it's like, oh, you know, he becomes an afterthought. Curtis would win, Curtis would lose. Curtis fought everybody. He, he, he fought Jose Napolis. He fought, he fought everybody, and, and he, was, he was just a warrior. And he, 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 you couldn't help but love watching him fight. He, he, fighters loved watching him fight. He was a technician. He could get in the middle of the ring, and he, and he could just wail away at somebody. He was terrific. He'll be 80 years old next month in, in uh, June. He still lives here. I'm not quite sure uh, how uh, the state of his health these days. I'm going to call him later today. But, but he's got to be very, very, very proud of a fighter like Earl Spence. And, and let me just say, the beautiful thing about Earl Spence is that he, he, his dad, Earl Spence Sr., because there is an Earl Spence Sr., so we, we always talk about Earl Spence Jr., he has guided his career, but he's not a pushy kind of dad. He's just there to make sh- sure no one takes advantage of his son. I'd like to point out just a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, that Curtis Cox and I share the same birthday. Not the exact same year, but he turns uh, 80 on June the 15th. say so you look really good for 80 if that's 80, the case. Yeah, I am. I'm not looking so good for, for 61, but uh, for 80. But I, I, I'll I, tell you this, Kevin, he can still take you. Well, th- th- there's plenty of 80-year-old people out there who could take me. There's, that's, that's not saying anything. Uh, but, but secondly, what I want to know is, okay, we, ha- we got Curtis Cokes, and he was great. Why weren't there any other great boxers from Dallas? Oh, I've heard a million reasons. A million people say, oh, the football, if, you know, if the football coaches got, got hold of a, a kid who could box, they turn him into a football player immediately, you know, with the, this being a, a football mecca, football. That's, that's one thing I've heard. Then I've heard I've heard the old trainers say, "Oh, they get fighters, and 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 they came they came from broken homes, and there was no guidance at home, and they win a little, and they they make some money, and then they disappear." I've, I've heard that from trainer after trainer after trainer. But but look, boxers all over the country, all over the world. That's 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 the backgrounds they come from, and yet you know in other cities uh, they were able, you know, Detroit. Uh, you know, the Kronk gym, they, they just turned out fighter after fighter after fighter. You have to go 40 miles down across west, down uh, I-30 into Fort Worth. They had a golden era in the 80s and even slipped into the 90s of boxing. They turned out world champion after world champion after world champion. You know, Donald Curry, Stevie Cruz, Gene Hatcher, Robin Blake came in from Leveland. Uh, you know, you can go on and on. Troy Dorsey uh, fought it from there um it, it's crazy san antonio great fighters jesse james leha warriors i don't know what it is about dallas i'm not sure um you they, left maybe, out you left out houston and a guy named george foreman george foreman from marshall texas he, he's a great fighter there were two world champions charlo brothers from houston right now you're exactly right um you know, where did Jack Johnson come from? Beaumont. Do, do we want to call that Houston? That's Galveston, actually. Galveston. Do we want to, do we want to call that Houston? No. no. Close okay. enough, though. Close enough. So, you know, fighters have been – Texas has turned out a, a lot of good fighters, a lot of great fighters. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's a socioeconomic deal. I don't know if it, it's what the reason is. Dallas has just not turned out 
great fighters. Barry, if you could indulge me, if you could indulge me, Barry, maybe you too, Kevin, because you mentioned the Sportatorium early uh, earlier when you were talking about how Curtis Cox would fight there. You know, in the '60s, but come '70s and '80s, wrestling became a big deal at the Sportatorium, and it really feels like this area latched onto that. Was there a shift in interest from the boxing realm, from a fan stand base, over to the wrestling side? And is that a reason that maybe some lost interest? Well, but there were, but there, none of the wrestlers, or most of the wrestlers, were not from Dallas. Sure, they they, they, they would come here because this was a great promotion with world class championship wrestling or whatever it was. Right. There, there was the whole Von Erich. Uh, you know, we could say they were all from like Dallas or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, they had they had Kamala, the Ugandan giant. He came all the way from Uganda. Of course, <laughs> Bill Mercer. Bill Mercer interviewed him. I remember that. I, I think he was really from Louisiana or yeah. whatever. But uh, but you had fighters come in, and, and it was a it was a place for them. You know, the great thing about Dallas Fort Worth in the eighties is the airport. The airport is key. You know, they you could have fighters come in and the wrestlers come in and out. I don't think wrestling really had much to do with it, other than the fact that there was no, there was no big money behind Dallas. I remember in, in 1981 or 1982, Salvador Sanchez came here. He was a great Mexican fighter, and he came here and, and he fought an exhibition at Reunion Arena, and and it got a lot, a lot of. Uh, I think uh, uh, Ernie Shavers was also on the card. He was a big hitter. Um, and, and that got some play, but we, we didn't have a big arena. And then, of course, Las Vegas came in. It was about the time in the 80s where Las Vegas came mm-hmm. in and just sucked the air out of boxing every place else in the United States. Barry, we have loved talking boxing with you. You've been terrific as always. Brian is shaking his head. Brian, why are you shaking <laughs> your head? Brian- <laughs> Who's shaking their head? Brian Elledge, our fine producer, is shaking his head. Oh, no. He, he's he's not in favor, but I tell you what, uh, we're going to follow Errol Spence because he is. On, we're going to ride his coattails to superstardom. Let me let me just tell Brian sh- Brian shaking his head, Ellis, one thing, and Kevin, you know this, and I'm sure Sean knows this. You go into any locker room, cowboy locker room, Ranger locker room, uh, Ranger clubhouse, Maverick, when there's a big fight on. All the players, all the athletes, all they want to talk about is the box, boxing. I've made more connections with football players and baseball players and, and basketball players when they ask me about boxing. There's a great fascin- fascination for the sport. And uh, it's, 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 it's an amazing sport. It's just one guy in the ring against another. There's nowhere to hide. You have, you have to be there and you have to, and you have to perform and you're basically naked out there in front of the audience. And, and, and there's a great fascination with that. And if we have a great fighter, and I think in Earl Spence we, Jr., we, we have a really, really fine fighter coming out of here. And we, sh- we should take advantage of it and enjoy it while he lasts. And who knows, maybe he'll help boxing get out of its own way as far as Absolutely. how it's marketed and promoted to folks these days. He, he's not a mir- he, he's not a miracle worker. That, that, <laughs> that, 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 that That's going to take more... But, but what he can do is he can go out and he can represent the sport and represent the city and represent Soto and represent Dallas in, in, in the best possible way. And, and basically, all he has to do is win. That's what and, – and, and win. And, he, and he's, the way he fights now, in his style now, he'll go to the body earlier, early in the fight. He'll, he will hurt people. Their arms come down, and then he puts them away later in the fight. And that's been his last 
six, seven fights. He has a local trainer. It's a really nice story, and I think people should get behind it. It's, it's, it's as good a story as the Jordan Spieth story. And you're, you're kind of like the new Bob Arum all of a sudden. What, yeah. what, is, what is up? Uh, do you have a piece yeah. of this fighter? I'm telling, I'm telling, today I'm telling the truth. Yesterday I was, yesterday I lied. Today <laughs> yeah. I yeah. And, and, and it, 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 it just does, here's a guy, and let me just point out that a bunch of the other fighters we've had come along, they were opponents, they were underdogs, they go in and, and fight in title fights. Hatley fought a couple of months ago uh, in a title fight. There was no, you knew going in he had no chance. Earl Spence has a chance to win every fight he's in. Every time he goes out into the ring, he, he is at least uh, an even bet to win the fight. He's a really, really good fighter. Barry, thanks so much for your expertise on boxing. You know, what's really great about this particular podcast is that we finally found one where Barry has some expertise. Yeah, he's passionate. He's pa- you know, passionate so about So much it. vigor. Oh, my gosh. You know, he has criticized other people on this podcast. I won't say who, but he has <laughs> criticized other people on this podcast for being homers for their sport. And, and I think now we have to, to, uh, to throw that flag on you, Barry. No, I will tell you this. <laughs> Boxing, outside of Earl Spence in this area, has been meh. Has not been great. He, we finally, you know, every 20, 30, 40, 50 years, along comes a guy who might be special, and, and I think he's, he, he is that guy for, for the moment. I know he is, and I was just kidding you. You know, uh, I would like to point out that I was briefly a boxing writer back in the 80s, and my editor was Barry Horn. Wow. And that was a very sad era in my in my long and storied <laughs> career. Let me just say. Well, but you you we, I improved I improved you in every aspect of your career, every yes. aspect of, of your journalism, asking questions, writing, everything. You were uh, you were the Mick to his Rocky. Oh my gosh, it was unbelievable! It's unbelievable. I, I one time I even said, "Cut me, Mick." <laughs> yo, oh. yo, Evan. <laughs> Kevin, where would you be without me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'd be without you. You're the best. All right, Barry, we've got to go. Good stuff, Barry. We've got other podcasts to do. You go back to sleep and and have a great afternoon, okay? Everybody, thanks thanks for listening. Tune in and let's let's pay a little more attention to uh, professional boxing. Yeah, let's do it. There he goes. That's Barry Horn of the Morning News talking about boxing. We We found his passion. Yes, we, we did. We finally struck that nerve. So oh thanks for gosh. tuning in. We have a new champion in Earl Spence Jr. out of DeSoto and Cedar Hill, the IBF welterweight champ, coming off a big victory this past weekend. Keep an eye on what he does in the future. In the future of this podcast, this week we're going to talk a little Texas Rangers baseball with the uh, new television play-by-play voice and Dave Raymond. We're also going to talk a little Big 12 things with Chuck Carlton, so be sure to download the Ballsy Podcast. And thanks to everyone. Thanks to Brian for making us sound good. For Kevin, I'm Sean Bass. And for Barry Horn, of course, this is the Ballsy Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.